0: working for them and with them. So this is your morning and we were exalting our father. Can, yes. So we have back the PowerPoint. So good to be here this morning. I want to share with you some, in a few minutes, God's word for us this morning. Maybe you are not a father, or you don't have your father anymore, or you are a father, or you have painful memories about your father, or joyful memories about your father, all of us, we have a father. Our God, he is here. We can call God as a father, and today we will be sharing about his fatherhood in our lives for all of us. So today, all your dad jokes, you'll be tolerated. It's your day, you feel free. And more than this, they will laugh on your dad jokes. they you pretend really well. <laughs> They're funny. <laughs> so this is your day. Well, it's always easier to succeed outside the gates than inside the gates. It's always easy to have a career. And uh, while I was watching this video, I saw, and there's lots of videos like this on YouTube, and I I saw uh, one thing. A, a lot of fathers, they struggle when when uh, when they need to talk about something inside the house. For example, you have these funny videos when they talk about, okay, um, what's the name of the best friend of your child? And, oh, I don't know. What's the name of the doctor? I don't know. Uh, what's the name of the best teacher? Oh, I don't know. But outside, sometimes the guy's a warrior. He's a great, uh, with a big career and all those things. But it's always easier to succeed or to have our best outside the greatest challenge is inside the gates in your family and there's a list of men of god in the bible and we have all these big names these strong guys in the bible and but inside the gates in their own families they struggled they they even failed in their fatherhood i'll not have the whole list here to not make you tired but at least three guys we have samuel in the bible samuel he Well, he was a priest, he was a judge, he was a prophet. By the end of his life, he gave a report to all Israel saying, I never had any mistake in my work with you guys. And it's true, he was a great man of God, but he failed with his two sons. And his two sons, they were so difficult and so troublemakers that makes the whole nation of Israel cry out asking for a king. So Samuel, if you, if you read about his sons, it was a problem. He, he was the guy who created the nepotism. He put his sons in his place and it was a nightmare. I have a second guy, David, in the Bible. Another day I was preaching, sharing about David here and all these beautiful stories about David. He killed Goliath, was a great king of Israel. The Bible has lots of titles about David and it's true. But as a father inside the gates with With his own family. Wow. Was was really, really difficult. And we have this, another king, Hezekiah in the Bible. He was a great king. And his son was the worst king of Israel. Even killing his own children, sacrificed to idols. And his father was a great man of God. What happened? What happened is that parents will always create marks in their children's lives. Whether by presence or absence. So maybe you are here watching on YouTube and here this morning and you have memories and and you have marks and and, and wounds we call father wounds in your life. Now, I want to share with you something about fatherhood of God. In the Old Testament, 15 times God was referred as a father. 15. And in the Old Testament and the whole history of the the Hebrews or the Jews or there is no rabbi or or teacher calling God as a father so everything that we see in the old testament is talking about God a father as a father in the collective way the father of Israel the father of nation the father of God's people it's true the first person who came in the history speaking and relating and referring god as a father individual way was jesus so in the new testament we have 165 times and this was brand new for those days someone using the name and sometimes even calling god as the head. this was new for them and maybe for us we are it's okay of course god is a father but this was so shocking for them. And let me tell you why this is so important. I have three kids, three girls, they are here, full of hairs. <laughs> uh, in the house, in the bathtub, and everywhere. <laughs> and three girls. Now, every time my girls, my kids, every time they hear the word father, they must smile or feel secure or feel, wow, this is a safe place to be with my father. Because if they understand that I don't care, and somehow they will understand that he doesn't care because God shared his title with me. That's why it's important to understand God as a father. He's sharing his sacred title with me. So if they feel that for me they are a burden, that I don't have joy with them, they will understand he doesn't have joy with them or they are a burden for him. So I'm carrying his title in my daily life. That's why you have this situation sometimes people they don't see the fatherhood of god because there's a, a, a earthly father here before their very eyes like eclipsing is the word blocking the picture the father figure of god because he's rooted in the earthly father so that's why jesus keeps repeating my father calling him abba or dad even in the worst moment where he was dying the cross this the words that he spoke father Why you forsake me? So father is there every time he's sharing with us, man. And we've got all these situations today. Let me talk about father wounds. When a father is physically absent, emotionally distant or abusive, negative or overly critical character, it can have a long-term consequences. You see, when someone says, says, I'm a theist, I don't have a father. There's a father wound there. So, and then we have uh, at least five things that low self-esteem, rigid boundaries, loose boundaries, poor choices and romantic partners, cycle of abuse, lack of fathering, the fatherhood. So every time when my girls are annoying me, I remember, okay. I'm carrying his title. I'm carrying his image in my role here. It's more than my comfort, it's love because we have a lovely father. So I'm just putting this in the screen this morning. And if you're watching on YouTube, because my hope is if you're watching this, you can share this with someone who is carrying wounds because they need to know, and we will go to the Bible now. We read the Bible that there is a father who can heal everything. In your past and your memories, and can bring the meaning of, okay, I do have a father, and he is with me. Let's see what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with the promise, so that it may go well with you. And that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Lord Jesus, I ask for the power of the Holy Spirit in this text. Bring your life, the life of God, to our hearts this morning. Speak with us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Let's talk a bit about family. Children is the way that the text starts. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In Colossians 3.20 is the same. The rule of the children is obedience. Children, obey your parents and everything for this please the Lord. Children's obedience to their parents is not an option. Boys and girls, teenagers, or young guys, you don't have option. <laughs> You must obey your parents. Of course. Or have different situations. Or have, oh, but my dad is... The Bible is saying, you must obey your parents. Now, why I'm telling this? This order from the Bible. Because in some families, it seems like the roles are reversed. And children are those who call the tune. I was thinking on this. And I was thinking in our moment that we are living now in our generation. And I think the current generation of parents is the last who obeyed their parents and will be the first obeying their own children. Now the psychologist, the psychology, they, they have a name for this, for this behavior where parents are looking for acceptance for, from their children all the time. Maybe they carry some father wounds and now they have a boy and a girl and, and, they look, and they try to please this kid all the time. And this kid sometimes is so aggressive or so selfish and the parents are thinking, Oh, what I have done wrong. I'm trying my best. I feel tired. I love my, my children, but sometimes I, ah, I look like I'm exploding. I don't know what to do. So there's a name for this. And, and psychology, uh, they, they, have, they call this a behavioral disorder called Emperor's Syndrome. And now, I have, I have to write this here, and I know it's annoying when someone is reading something in the moment of the but I need to read this for you, because maybe you or you have someone under this pressure and this problem in their families and household, and you can help them send this video. Now, what is this Emperor's Syndrome? This I took this article from uh, is a scientific article from psychologists about family. These children feel they have the authority. It's true, it is true that they have the upper hand either because parents have granted them disproportionate privilege because they have failed being consistent and imposing household rules, or because they have failed to tackle on the time on time the first tantrums and demands of the child. So the medicine, the doctors are saying that these boys and girls usually manifest themselves from exigency, from a continuous need to be admir- admired and from lack of empathy regarding the needs of others, especially the parents. Emperor syndrome. They usually respond in an angry and even violent way when parents try to put limits, for example, schedules or demand more school performance or more commitment and exception of domestic cause. Now, behind this behavior, uh, there's at least five Uh, situations or five hidden problems. Number one, deep hedonism. Two, great egocentricity, low tolerance to frustration, plenty of manipulation, little sense of responsibility. This is um, a behavior disorder of this generation. Why, what happened with this generation? Why we are under this situation? Because the roles are reversed. Because at some point, The children stop to understand that the parents stop stop to to understand the biblical principle about obedience so when bible talks about family and i have a lot about family in the bible wives husbands children all of this god knows how is our heart god knows what we carry inside but now let's talk about the parents Now, verse 1, where we read Ephesians 6, verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents. And this verse 1, in the Greek, original Greek, this word parents is father and mother. It's both. But verse 4 is the male figure. The, The text talks about father. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So, this text, Paul is being revolutionary because in those days they had something called patra potestas from latin the power of the father In the roman culture the meaning is the fathers they could do anything with the children with no rules and no rights for the children they could be excessive severe and some children when they were born with some conditions limitations disability they used to Kill, throw away, sacrifice for idols, etc., etc., etc. No human rights. When Paul writes, Father, do not exasperate your children, he's bringing a new concept. Father, you have responsibility. Now, I have this Bible, very fancy, cool, this app. I love the app. And I put this um, version. Do you know this amplified version? And this amplified version of verse 4 says, Fathers, do not, provo- uh, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. Is what the Bible says. Is trying to communicate for this generation. In one hand, when children understand they don't need to obey their parents. and the other hand, when parents understand they don't need to treat their children with love and affection. I remember one day, this man, he was in the church and he said, I'm so... My heart is bleeding. I'm suffering because I was trying to talk with my boy and he doesn't want to come to the church. So I hit the door. Come on, it's time. I don't want to go to the church. They start to shout each other and the boy refused to open the door. And then he said, could you pray for me? And I said to him, oh, I think you must change your strategy. Yes, of course you can pray. But what if? When you're way back home, instead to hit the door, you be smooth. Can I speak to you a moment with love? Not kicking the door or shouting from the kitchen or just be nice. And when your boy opens the door at some moment, the first, the very first thing you do is you hug him and you kiss his head. And you say how much you love him. Church, we can, we can see this later. We can talk about church later. And he did. And the boy opened the door. When the moment when the boy opened uh, the door, so the father hugged him and kissed and said, I, I love you so much. I don't know why we fight all the time. And then the father started to open his heart. And the boy started to weep. And the boy said, I was waiting for this for a long time. Guess what happened the next weekend? They were together in the church. Showing affection. Showing love. Showing that they are important. Now. We have a negative and a positive. um, Affirmation in this text. When it says. Father do not exasperate your uh, your children. And then this is the negative part. Do not. Negative. Yeah. And then we do have. The positive part how can i exasperate my children i'm not this kind of person that paul is talking about okay i'm not this wild guy at home i am good mother i'm good father or um, i'm okay i'm not the best one but i'm not the worst one i'm just a normal guy uh, i don't see myself in this text well we have in our generation other. at least i put here four ways that we can make our children um, very, very hearted. For example, where there are no clear rules of discipline at home. They do whatever they want. They eat at any time. You eat in your table, they eat in their rooms, watching everything on YouTube or internet with no rules. Or when we are very severe in the, rooms, in the rules, when we are not flexible, when we have lots of rules inside of home that doesn't make sense. Or when there is no good conversations, dialogue, talk, beyond that thing. How was your day? It was fine. Ah, oh, I talked with my kid. No, you haven't. Give them some numbers. For example, I do this with my girls all the time. Give me two things very nice on your day or the worst. Two things or three things uh, that you are mad, that you are sad about. And then they need to think, they need to stop, and then they start to tell you something. And they give names. My girls, all the time, they give names of people that I don't know, their friends. And I know my brain, I will forget. So I ask again and again the names and what's happening. And suddenly, why this is happening? They open their hearts. They're coming, they're coming. So dialogue, so going deeper. But for this, yeah, for example, No clear rules of discipline or excess of severity or there is no talk or or dialogue or when we have no time for them. And the best of our energy, good mood or kindness is outside. That's why outside the gates or in the church or in our careers, I don't know, sounds easier. And inside the home, sometimes we're interrupting their stories because I don't know. And then they you understand this. So it's, it's a modern way that we can make them exasperated. But then have the positive bit of the text. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. is the positive aspect. Now, remember, in this part of the text, Paul is talking with the fathers. And the word for this, the training and instructions, the instruction is to nourish or to feed, to educate your child without guilt. Don't feel bad because you're educating. Don't feel bad because you are putting some discipline. Teach them. And these, you take time. It's hard to raise a child. It's hard to be a father. And these, you take energy. You are your family's pillar. You are the provider of your home. You are the emotional, spiritual, and financial provider of your family, Father. So because you carry God's title with you in the same way God is your provider, you need to provide for them. I was just scared when I was checking some numbers uh, and the numbers of the industry of um, games, online games and video games. Do you think, well, I thought, the, the main clients of this was the teenagers, teenagers. And it's not the average age is men around 40 years old. And they spent countless hours playing video games. So what's happening is when you are a father, you say, Paul, we have this beautiful text in 1 Corinthians 13 talking about love is beautiful. In the very end, Paul says, When I was a child, my behavior, my thoughts, my lifestyle was like a child. Then I became a man. And I left behind all the things of childhood. So a childhood mindset is someone's looking after me. My mom or my father or someone cares about me. Okay. And a man or a mature person mindset is now I'm responsible for someone. I'm looking after someone. So when you do put yourself in this place, like God, okay, God is my father. I'm the father of this family. I am their emotional provider. I am the spiritual provider. What happens? What happens is when you have someone who emotionally is not mature enough and get married, he'll take a long time to be mature. And what happens in this journey is probably he will make his wife to suffer because we need to understand the fatherhood of god and who we can be and who we are calling to be fathers so when paul is saying you need to teach them bring them up you are their spiritual provider financial provider and emotional provider of your family so Sometimes we have good motivation, but the wrong strategy. The instruction of the Lord. Children need to know they are loved, they are important, they need hugs, kisses, all of this from you. Words of affirmation from you. Words of encouragement from you. To build up, to bring your family. And now I'd like to pray for you. Because maybe some of us this morning... Um, I don't know another day a friend told me this. He said to me, Oh, I was reading. This story, uh, is a Romanian tale talking about the, the final judgment before God. And then we stand before his throne and then, okay, Daniel it's your time. Now it's your turn. Now you'll be judged and the the throne of God and I'll be there. And suddenly a very handsome guy, you just arrived alongside me and this guy, looking very, I don't know, successful and and beautiful and all the good stuff. And then I I would say to God, God, it's my judgment. What is this guy, what he's doing here? And God just say in this tale, "Uh, this uh, is what I have imagined and planned for you. This should be you at some point. And everything that I had stored for you. So I know sometimes we try our best. And sometimes we, we think, oh, I think I'm doing wrong. I could be better. God has a plan for you and for your family. And, and you are a gift from God to your family and to your children. I, I just think that sometimes we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. Help me to be everything that I can be in you. Help me. Speak with me. Help me to teach, to be the provider, the protector of my family. Let's pray. Let's stand. I want to invite you to pray with your family now. It's your family. If your family is not here this morning, no worries. You pray for them. And if you have your spouse or children around you, I'll give you a few minutes to give your hands to make a, a space to find them around you. If you don't have your family here, you pray for them. You pray for their salvation. Let's pray for our households. Household. Let's pray, girls, come here, you're my family, (laughs) it's not because I'm on stage. (laughs) If you can find someone, maybe it's a good moment to ask for forgiveness, maybe it's a good moment for reconciliation, maybe it's a good moment to pray for someone that you love and is not here. And you'd, lo- you'd love this person to walk with God and this person's not walking with God yet. It's your opportunity. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to present before you throne my family. I want to pray for my wife, for my girls. We pray for every family of this church. We want our homes to be a place of peace, reconciliation, joy, I wanna ask Holy Spirit, feel free at home. Blow your wind in my house, Lord. Bring your gifts and your joy.